0: Welcome to Desk Lady Ada.
1: Hey everybody, it's me, Lady Ada. And it's Lady Ada o'clock on a Sunday, which means it's time for the Desk of Lady Ada. We check in on my desk, which is jam-packed full of goodies, and also what's going on in Phil's brain.
0: <laughs> no. What? Yeah, we're not, we're, we're, not doing, we're not doing what's going on in Phil's brain. Um, we're going to do just a little bit of news, and then some very important things for Our community, Uh, Phil's Brain will be a separate series that we'll start (laughs) at some point. Um, The number one thing is um, because we're doing our part with our team, paid day off for voting, um, helping our team help others vote, Uh, don't forget to make your voting plan. If you've already voted, great. If you've voted early, great. If you've mailed it in, great. Now it's up to you to help others. So from all of us at Data Fruit, please be the community that uh, we celebrate, which is helping others. So, in addition to um, the votes that you did, um, help someone, uh, be responsible for someone who uh, who needs a little bit of assistance getting to the polls or whatever they need to do. Uh, please do that. Now, um, this is it for AdaBox. So, uh, pretty this much, is really the last night. Pretty much tonight. If you if you go to adaBox.com tonight, probably ship out tomorrow. Uh, that's the cutoff. Tom-
1: tomorrow's our last shipping day, so it has yeah. to be in before 9 a.m. tomorrow. Yeah. for it to count
0: and if you go on you know Twitter and stuff like that you'll be able to figure out what's in the Adabox um, so it's not really a secret that being said here's what someone tweeted today put together Adabox 16 from Adafruit sent me, that Adafruit sent me yesterday I modded the moon phase example to show the countdown to my next meeting event pulled from the Google Calendar Bex, best box yet props to Digikey for their components very well made so a lot of folks are saying this is our best Adabox you can get it right now just go to adabox.com and please go do it. It helps us. You support an open source hardware company in New York City. You keep us in business. You do something good, which is maybe give it as a gift. We have about a dozen
1: boxes left.
0: Give it as a gift to yourself. Okay.
1: Look, uh, things are going to be great for the next month or so. Might as Probably well not. learn stuff, build cool electronic projects. Adabox is a, it's a great value. You get a lot of goodies, and there's tons of tutorials and projects to follow along, as well as a community of people, That's both right. on Discord and forums and on social media.
0: That's right. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Okay, um, next up, let's just do a little bit of news, um, and then... Uh, oh, actually, no, let's uh, go to your test. Let's show off uh, your stuff, Yeah. And then, then I'll do uh, my little news segment. Okay,
1: well, let's go to the computer. So let's go... Okay, just show, because we, you know, we want to do a Stemma Sunday. Every Sunday is a Stemma Sunday. So this week, somebody emailed us and said, can you make a Stemma version of this? and this is a kind of an interesting board this board uh from solar Bogues, This it's like a really old board there's like a, this like in like the mid 2000s there was this trend everybody really liked getting these wee nunchucks and then you can like use a pcb with like little notches um and connect uh, a Wii nunchuck and for the price of this you get like a full controller and it has accelerometer and a button and joystick and has a lot of sensors built into it so it's really fun and it's just plain old i2c i love it when companies just go straight i2c like why come up with your own protocol i2c is awesome so um so we did and what's cool is it actually fits into um the stem qt form factor so it's one inch by 0.7 inches and we just did this little cutout, and you see, it's actually kind of cute. It it goes right around the uh, the connectors on each side, the little notches. So I you know I kind of I did this from sight, um, but we'll see if this works out, and um, if so, I'll I'll manufacture this. And what's nifty is I just shove this level shifting down here, and then we already have. Uh, CircuitPython Python library for the Wii Nunchuck and also in Arduino, it's really popular. So many people are still using this and, and that it's a good idea. Like why not make a little breakout board and then yeah, you just you just snap it on if it it's pretty solidly. Um and then you can chain i squared C devices. So that's the stem of Sunday.
0: Shout every... out shout out to Scott and Jim and Mobile Tech who are in the uh YouTube chat. Hi. Hi. Okay. okay. What, what else you want to show?
1: Cool. So let me quit there. So next up, um, I saw there was this discussion that Philston and in a chat about the M2 modules and I saw that Particle posted a CAN feather wing and it's actually we've been working on a CAN feather wing for like a month you can even see like our library work and what's interesting about their feather wing that they posted is only had one chip and normally you need like the SPI to CAN converter and then a transceiver Um, but I saw this chip and I was like ooh, there must be an all-in-one chip available and then I found it um, on DigiKey. It's not the great search, but um, I did find it. It's it's kind of neat. So what they did is they made this chip, the 25625, and this is an MCP2515, which is like a really common. Um, like actually, I can uh, maybe I'll I'll quickly pull up the uh, the can wing so I can show you what it normally looks like. So the, uh, oops. So the CAN uh, feather has this MCP twenty five one five, and then over here is a transceiver. And in the schematic, you can see it here. There's this is the MCP twenty five one five, which takes SPI in and gives you RX and TX CAN out. It's not, um, it's not transceived. It's not in the right like plus or minus differential. It's just like the two um, data lines, and then you get a separate MCP2551, which takes the RX and TX and gives you a low and high um, output. And uh, that's all well and good, but um, instead of having two chips, you can have one chip. And so that's what the um, MCP25625 is. And what's funny is, like, you can tell they really just took the two chips and they put the die together, and then they just, like, exposed all the pins because you you have still the RXD and TXD, and then you have to tie them together. Like, it's really like they're two separate chips in, like, two corners, and, like, you have to connect. Like, they have separate power domains and separate ground pins, and then the RX has to connect to the TX1, and, like, it basically acts as if it was both chips. But I think they probably didn't. There's not, it's not new silicon. They just took two silicon pieces and they just put it in one, uh, one dime and bonded them to the pin. So, um, what's nice though is because it's one chip, it fits into a bitsy wing. And so this is for itsy bitsy boards. Um, you know, we've got, uh, 32U4 and I've got M0 and m four. Uh, nri-52-840 and i'm gonna definitely get you know i have an esp32 one from a while ago and finish one day i'll probably do an esp32 s21 as well um just because i like uh this cute little form factor and then you can add a canvas to it using spi so that's i think they'll be kind of popular i'm trying to like get all the CAN stuff done it's like why not if you can do it might as well do it um, okay, so that's, that's my news. And then you want to go quickly to the overhead? I'll just show off yeah. some of this e-ink stuff I'm still looking
0: yeah, on. Yeah, Scott's in the uh, chat, so uh, he might be interested in this. Or maybe everybody's interested in this. Yeah.
1: Um, so I'm playing more with um, displays. So I'm tra- you basically I have a gigantic pile of e-ink displays. I have like you know 25 or 30 different e-ink panels in this box. I don't know, it says like e-ink somewhere. It's- inks on here, and um, so I uh, got a couple more sizes working. Um, let's see. Let's. Okay. I guess it's. This... Is it focused? Yeah. Um, so one is the 4.2 no, no. inch. No, now it's not. Hold on. There you go. Okay. Uh, one is this 4.2 inch um, monochrome grayscale display. And uh, this is the GDE 042T2. Um, so this worked, you know, pretty nice. Uh, it has a similar chipset chip to the ones that we've already supported. And then um, we also released in the last week this uh, 2.9 uh, Featherwing. Um, so it has your standard feather on the back, and then there's some buttons, and you can use the buttons to um, select different images. I'm just doing a graphics test. Um, so just showing off the light, dark, grayscale, and then, uh, black, and then we were also playing around with, like, you know, dithering images, so you grabbed a still from Dune, and we were going to try to make a little, um, displayer that would, on the ESP32S2, which would go on the internet, like, we'd, on I.O., and we would upload an image to it, and would download the image and, and render it, but then we're, we had some issues with SSL stuff, which we'll... We'll ask Scott about, about later. Some something unhappy with SSL, um, but the idea is that we can have a little. Um, like I've seen a lot of people make these one frame at a time movie viewers, so um, we can do it. And I think the grayscale looks pretty good. And then one thing I discovered, because um, I was playing around with these displays, and I accidentally had, you know, it's like the, the most the best inventions come from accidents or discoveries from accidents. I had a tricolor. This is a tricolor display, and I had this. Um, plugged in while i was running the grayscale code and i found out that um tricolor displays can display grays not as nicely as a monochrome but like there is some grayscale capability which is not something i knew existed but news
0: to me as well
1: yeah it's a little it's a little fascinating um it it, there's a lot of stuff that is a little unclear about how like lookup tables work and and there's a I think now that I think about it, it makes sense, because the grayscale, um, and Colin's going to do a little video about this, you're basically just, like, messing with how, how hard you pull the white and black charged particles to create, like, a, a, a lighter gray or a darker gray, not having all the the black and white pixels separated, but having them mixed a little bit, and so you still have that with um, tricolor displays, but you also have the... Um, red as well so we kind of need to see if it's possible to do like light red or something I don't know if that's possible to like mix the red and the white to have like pink colors so I'm sure if like you really messed with the lookup table but um, so I was playing with e-inks and then I got uh, this in the mail this is exciting so this is a um, seven color EPD so this is um, an ink display that has um, multiple channels of color so I'm going to work on um, getting this supported in the library as well because it's, you know, no, no, now that I've, like, written, like, drivers for, like, seven or eight different chips, they're all they're all kind of similar. Um, and there's only, like, three, like, kind of families, so you just have to sort of know um, the different ways that they want you to update and test for busy signal. But they all kind of, like, they, they clearly copied from each other. I think I think the toughest part is sometimes the... Example code you get is incorrect, and that's always like I have. I like half the example code that I've seen, um, they have like a buffer of data that they write for the lookup table, and and the buffer of data size and the size they're writing doesn't match. Like, somebody just copy and pasted it wrong, so they just like they keep writing like past the buffer into like uninitialized memory, and I guess it's okay. I don't know, like that's fine. So, um, next up, I'm going to do this seven color e ink display, and so we're me and Melissa are doing this huge refactor of our Arduino e-ink library because with all the stuff that we've learned about um, e-ink displays. But enough about me.
0: Yeah, so um,
1: I've to been to keeping an guy.
0: eye on a few things. Yeah, And a, uh, one That's of time them, for Phil's brain. Yeah, and uh, there's some M.2 boards so these are normally Bluetooth and Wi-Fi modules and now uh, cell phone modules and and hard disks too. Hard disks so you just you know clip them in and uh, now you've got the latest Bluetooth or latest Wi-Fi or latest cell phone or maybe it's an SSD and uh, there's been some companies over the last few years that have been using that standard or a variation of that standard to um, add microcontrollers um, haven't seen a ton of examples out there yet, but the ones that I was looking at, Sipeed uh, was uh, the first back in two thousand and seventeen. Um, hard to access their site; it's in China, but Seed was selling them. Haven't seen anything. This was more of a machine learning. Yeah, this um, is the
1: the Kendri-
0: Yeah, it's on the far right.
1: K two ten, which is like an interesting yeah. you know AI chip, and they made a little module
0: for yeah. it. Yeah, and then uh, to the left there is uh, Google Coral. Um, Google is definitely trying to do machine learning stuff. Uh, and then more recently, far left, uh, Maker Diary, that was July of 2017. And then within two days of each other, uh, Particle, uh, that's the black one, the second one on the, the left. And then in the middle one, SparkFun. So yeah. they call it Micromod. Yeah. So I said, well, you know, I, I have a. And I put my journalist hat on. I'm just like, well, I want to like, make sure so there's a collection of these somewhere, because no one ever does that work. Um, And it's helpful because later on, for product development reasons, we'd want to look at all the pins and stuff like that. So um, I have an article uh, that's actually just on GitHub.
1: Yeah. Um, Sometimes I put
0: articles on GitHub. It's more of like a, maybe it's like awesome M.2, but um, it's not an awesome list or anything. It's just a collection. So you can see um, the boards. Um, This is, they're mostly using this uh, M2E key form factor, which is 22 millimeters wide. And you know it screws down, um, and you can see uh, each product, the release date. Um, Google's their latest one was September 19th. Guess like in Maker Diary. This was July 11th. Particle. There were October 19th. Uh, Cipede. Uh, that was that was sorry. There were they were uh, February of 2020 this year. Sparkfun was October 21st. And it's the WRT node. That's the one that was all the way back in two thousand. It was weird because
1: we just searched for, like, what's some M2 stuff. And I was like, oh, I bet there was some Linux yeah. M2 boards. Yeah, and
0: this is, like, when I started a folder a million years ago. I'm like, oh, I'll keep an eye on this. But, you know, three years. Uh, and so I'd say the challenge right now, and uh, you'll see the tweets or you can follow the links, um, is there, there really isn't a standard. And, and none, of the, none of the maker companies really talk to each other. And yeah. So, I mean, I have
1: no, I have no M2 designs yeah. I've even started, and I, the thing is, though, if I were to do one, I would definitely want to make it as compatible as possible with yeah. an so existing yeah. form factor.
0: So here's a comparison um, that the community already put together, Flummer and someone else, and there's also a Google Doc. But you can see here's a M2 pin usage, and we have Google Maker Dialer, Particle, Sparkfun, ZipBeat, and WRT mode, and you'll be able to see think there's
1: some similarities yeah anyway. and then
0: the mechanical sizes so yeah. this is also helpful because if someone says like well what adafruit's going to do um are the way i roll and the way that i would approach this is um, i would email maker diary they came out with theirs in july and particle and SparkFun, and also google and anyone else we know and just say hey um if we're going to do a board we want to do something uh, compatible that brings these communities together that um if, if you invest a lot of time and effort in these things, you're not going to force the users to have something that never works. And let's see if there's anything. And uh, no one will reply or they just won't want to do it or whatever. Um, and then we'll just figure out, just like other things that we've had to develop. So, like, Stemma, for instance, works with Grove and Quick.
1: I know, I know. The, the original Stemma, well, I'm, actually, I'll show on the... On the... I'm
0: going to hop over to your computer?
1: Yeah, because it's kind of interesting. It's like the original Stemma was um, was actually this. And we, we, you know, if, if, um, you know, Pomeroni's around, I don't think they're watching, but you know, they visited years and years ago and I said, yeah, I want to do this like plug and play, you know, um, I squared C thing because they had just released their, um, what was it? The flotilla which used USB cables, and I said, well, like, I like the idea of this, like plug-and-play I-squared-C, but, like, I'm a little traumatized by using micro-USB connectors. But originally, I wanted to use something like this, you know, it would be, like, alligator clip-friendly, um, but I wanted it to be Grove-compatible, because at the time, that was the, you know, the most popular uh, plug-and-play system, but I wanted it to be for I-squared-C only, and the Grove connector is proprietary, so I had to kind of use, you know, this off-the-shelf JST ph connector it wasn't i wasn't i you know i actually designed quite a few of these and then um you know decided later like oh um you know let's go make it more compatible with an existing standard so i tried to make the stemma compatible with both grove which had level shifting and had three to five volt power and um spark Run quick which did not have level shifting and three volt power but had these connectors so it's like you know, I kind of went through all the different things like um, the DF robot had a plug-and-play system and like I think there's, like, there's some couple others. But it's like, how do you make something that's, that's as compatible as possible? And so it's it's a little bit like when you have RFCs for, for coding, there's like the must and the should and may. And you have to think about like, well, what pins, you know, what voltages would you accept on these pins? And then, what's the maximum voltages you would emit? And so, you have to kind of stay within their boundaries. So, the, in the end, with um, Stem IQT, it ends up working with both. It can work with Grove, and it can work with uh, QuickBoard. So, that's kind of nice. Yeah.
0: So, whatever we do is going to be compatible. It'll work out if we do anything.
1: But, like, I had to do a lot of effort. Like, it's like, ah, like, how do you make yeah. it so it like, works with everything? It's like, oh, you need level shifting, but you also have to do so,
0: Yeah. And yeah, Zach from Particle. It, kind of kicked this off. He's like, it'd be great, you know, to talk to, about how this could all work together. Um, so I think Maker Diary, um, they got theirs out in July. And then the Particle and SparkFun one, ones came out within a couple of days of each other, I think, uh, in October. And then Google was earlier in, in February, uh, sorry, September and of this form factor. And then SIPED was in February. So ideally it'd be nice. So I'm hoping this resource that I made um, because there's already a community of people that are starting to join
1: in. Yeah. If, you have it, or if we missed one, because we looked, but I'm sure there's ones yeah, that I didn't catch.
0: But this is where a lot of work can be done out in the open. You can see the pull request revisions, and this is where you know an open spec could happen. And um, I think the best way to think of things is, what can you do to make the users' life better? And I think having something that's most compatible and something that people want to use. So the question is too is like who wants to use this for what? That also helps sometimes develop a spec. So anyways, um, speaking of, if uh, someone wants to find out about this connector, Lady Ada, this sounds like a job for the great search, right?
1: That's right. It's time to look for M2 connectors. Timely. Okay, so um, we just chatted about um, this document about modules that use the M2 e-key standard uh, to create plug-and-play um, like brain modules, microcontrollers uh, to add onto breakouts or dev boards. So you've got uh, the sippy you know, AI accelerator. You've got um, SparkFun. Looks like they've got their Bluetooth chipset. Particle has a cellular module. Um, this is, uh, Baker Diary has an nrf 52840, Google has the Coral Accelerator. These are all plug-in boards that use the M.2 standard, um, which you might be familiar with if you have a laptop, because um, when you want to add Wi-Fi or cellular or like SSD disk space, um, you often do it over the M two connector. Um, and there's different, it's interesting, it's just like, just like every standard, it's a standard except when it's not a standard, right? So uh, when you go over to Wikipedia, um, you can read all about it. And the thing to watch for is the keying. So there's different slots. Like if you remember like ISA card or PCI cards, there's slots that kind of tell you, you know, what connector, like what it can fit into you. And if it doesn't mechanically fit, it's not going to electrically match. And so they try to use the mechanical connection to keep you from having incompatible things plugged in. So um, if you look at um, the... M2 boards here, you actually see they all kind of have the same like notch over here. And um, MakerDire even wrote E above it, which is very handy. So these are all E uh, notch connectors. Oops, sorry. And um, that key ID, you can see like, oh, there's like ones that are like, oh, these are designed for, you know, PCIe. And there's ones that are designed for like, I guess, SATA or audio and USB, but E key, um, it has UART, sdio i 2 c usb and pcm which is actually kind of makes sense for a module
0: do you yeah. know how many and two devices could be plugged into a single bus
1: i mean i think it's designed for only one
0: yeah i haven't seen any examples um just you know one quick thing this is like you know the particle Folks made this. This uh, is their M. Two, and then it has you know feathers because they use the feather format. So
1: yeah, because the the M. Two has like seventy pins on it, so it's like it's very easy to like break it out into multiple. And This is their yeah. their can feathering that I was like. Anyway, hey, as
0: we thing explore thing. this format, yeah. we will let you know what we find out.
1: Um, okay, so um, the key ID is something you're going to watch for. But we're looking for key IDE, and so um, one thing. I tried, when I first went to DigiKey, because I was like, well, I'll well, find this connector, is I tried searching for M2 connector, and that was actually a mistake. <laughs> because um, there's actually, like, way too many things here. What you actually want, and I was like, I couldn't, I was like, well, is it, like, a rectangular connector? Like, kind of. Is it a terminal block or a edge connector? Like, it's kind of like a card edge connector, right? Um, and it was actually a little, I mean, yeah, it turns out it was card edge. But um, it was a little weird to find out what it was and then I realized um, when I went over to TE site that these are called M2NGFF for new generation form factor so what you want to search for is uh, M2NGFF Um, and then you'll actually see okay yeah card edge because it's the only one that has like more than a few connectors You'll see, of course, you can also get uh, disk drives, right? That's a normal thing. Normally, uh, you would get a disk drive, maybe, or SSD drive on an M2 uh, form factor. We want the connector. Okay, so I ended up over here, and as normal, I looked for active and normally stocking because maybe I want to make an adapter or a breakout for this. And then um, I wanted a surface mount. You know, surface mount a right angle. I don't want through hole. I think that will be tough to use in uh, equipment. And this is where I actually got, uh, again, I got a little stuck because I was like, oh, no, there's, like, all these variations, but, like, what's the difference? Um, like, that one has, like, an A on it. Does that mean it's, it's A key? And then, like, is this a little different? And then this is B. Is that a B key? Like, it was, you know, uh, a little confusing. And then um, I noticed that they're all kind of the same part number, two one nine. 9119 and then there's a dash and then a number. Um, and so I tried uh, downloading the data sheet and yeah, there's like this, the key and the thing, it's like, it means something. So for um, E key, I want dash four. You can see here, I want like one dash one or like dash four. So, i did end up going to the the te website because i thought this was a little bit more uh, clearer because they actually quite nicely show you um the height like here's what the differences are so if you're gonna get 4.2 millimeters high that's without a one dash and if you want it like a low like closer to the pcb 3.2 millimeters high um that would be a one dash and then you can search uh, you can see here they also see key A, key M, key B, Key E, you know, and then finally they get to key E. That's the one I want. Key E yeah, is this I, part number. I'm gonna
0: say that for the maker companies that are thinking about using this, we really all need to decide because there is a lot of different types and
1: Yeah, and what's weird is that like dash six is the one is also
0: It's also valid. yeah. It's, there's and you know, twenty two millimeters wide, great, but then there's where the you know the the keying is. Um, you know, if, if we make something, we'll, we'll get it, we'll try our best to get everyone together, at least on an email or something. We have this repo. Um, but as you can see, I, uh, we didn't really plan this uh, video to, uh, kind of confirm that, uh, worry, but boy, um, if you're trying to make a product, look at, yeah. all the, look at all these choices. So prices.
1: when you, when you buy these, one thing I'll definitely say is like, watch out because it's so easy to get the one with the wrong keying and the photo I, I would not necessarily go by the photo. Um, one, because, you know, photos are sometimes generic, um, but also they don't, like, if you don't have it in front of you, also, like, you're not going to count the number of pads, right?
0: Yeah, Tura just ordered the C841659 part from LCSC. Yeah. Hope that it will work for this. Yeah. Um, we'll see.
1: We'll see. Um, you know, for connectors, I would recommend, you know, like, you can always get it from Ditchkey, and they have 10000 in stock. Um, one thing I've noticed about LCSC is sometimes they, they go out of stock. I've, I've been bit by that a little bit. but it's good. so it's good to have a, a guaranteed supplier. Um, okay, so this one is going to be the e-type and there's some cool stuff. so you'll see that there has been like a, a refresh design um, for, um, uh, for Digikeys site. Yeah. And there's a couple cool things. So one, there's a 3D PDF which I downloaded. And um, it actually like works. Like it's like a three D model, and this is actually kind of cool because you can see the contacts and the little notch where um, your yeah. PCB, PCB would fly into, and you can also see the the bosses. So this is where the locating dots. So you'll need to have those on your PCB as well. So this is kind of neat. I don't know if you can do different shading effects. I've never, I've never used this before this is kind of cool
0: you know a million years ago when I was at Make we released the first PDF via podcast and iTunes with a 3D model in it yeah this was over 10 years ago yeah Um, and uh, I always thought that 3D and PDFs because we're stuck with the PDF format and so there's a lot of things that you can do with the PDF format um, like put in these 3D models that's helpful because there's a lot of different ways to render and look at these things there are web viewers, and there's other ways to do it. They also have um, you know, all the footprints and downloadable things uh, for a lot of folks, but I think this is going to be helpful for people. other people.
1: Another thing is you can actually kind of see it has an E embossed on it. I don't know if I can get these. It's tough to see with this this lighting. I don't know if I can get it to vi- visualize it, but there's like a little E. You know, if I move it around, you can read it. There's a little E on the, on the right. marking. So I guess, yeah, the E is what tells you it's an E key. Um, Okay, and then next up, I think that was nifty, is um, they now have a link to um, Snap EDA, which I don't think was there before. Um, So what's cool is you can download, and I'm I'm logged in, but when you go here, um, it'll actually have the CAD file with the footprint and the pinout. Now, it's not the most beautiful of all, you know. In, uh, drawings I mean you know it's it's going to be very bare bones it's not going to be you know if you're using a particular pin out like you want pin 1 to be named ground it's not going to have that it's going to be called pin 1 so you might want to take this and adapt it to have the pin names match the module you're using so instead of being like what's the RX pin oh it's 19 and then like finding it you can adapt it but you can download um, the format and you can download it in Eagle or Orcad or Altium or whatever, so I use Eagle CAD, and you can open it and there's a little instruction and when you open in EagleCAD um, you You'll see the footprint and this is actually really nice because uh, This part is what is annoying to make is like the the, the pads all perfectly lined up um, And the the correct sized boss holes and I like that there's even a center point So that's kind of handy so that the pick-and-place knows where to, to pick it up safely so this yeah. is um, this is pretty cool. So some some nifty new things. I think connectors, especially, um, and and TE connectors, you'll you'll have like, a good experience with them. I've always I've always had good luck with TE connectors. Um, they're you know high quality. They don't break. They're they're reliable. Um, and these are clearly designed to like be used in stuff like laptops and backplanes and like high reliability um, need products. Like they're not going to be used in disposable. Electronics because most of those electronics don't use M2 connectors. So that's it. So if you want to use M2 modules, you want to add these to your board design, pick up TE2199119 4. That's my recommendation. Uh, it should fit with these modules quite nicely. Um,
0: do you think people say M.2 or do you think they say M2?
1: I have no idea.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say M2. Someone will, will actually. And then uh, someone said, uh, is the name of the thing boss holes? Yeah, that's the name.
1: Yeah, they're, I call them, a, you know, they're they're bosses and you have a hole for the, the bosses. So they're
0: yeah. boss holes. A lot of people call their manager boss hole. So. <laughs> no, know. they do.
1: I don't know, they're orientation bosses, orientation holes. I mean, they're they're something that basically keeps the mechanical. No, it's like
0: donut holes, let's just stick with boss holes.
1: Boss holes? Yeah. Yeah. Donut holes, you know, they're not actually donut holes. They're made in a separate process. They're not like the leftover donut centers. You'd think they are, but they're not. They're They're made actually totally separately.
0: Yeah. The more you know. It's all lies. Okay. okay.
1: That's the uh, great search. Think of all the things you learned today.
0: All right. And thank you so much, DigiKey and Lady Ada, for doing the research
1: Yes. Where in the
0: world is that part I need? The great search with DigiKey. Okay, that's our show for tonight, but I'm going to leave you with uh, two things. First up. Um, One. Even if you voted, go help your someone. Friends. Um, but your family And if you haven't voted, make your plan to vote because things might change over the next eight or nine days.
1: And we actually looked it up. Voting is considered essential if you're in a place that says yeah. you can only perform essential tasks.
0: It is essential. It's considered so, essential. Um, do it early, help others um, especially if you've already done it and you're not you're not finished. It's like when you toss thing in the recycle bin that doesn't mean to go and pollute afterwards. That doesn't negate the effort to still try to do things good for the environment just like when you're done voting um especially this year it's not over yet so um that's our little message sheet to all y'all and then don't forget adabox um this is it tonight i'm going to play out the video that we have with it um we'll see everybody next week
1: bye everybody